0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Touchline Thoughts, powered by the Garage Door Sports Network. This is episode 29. Um, we're almost at 30. Another great milestone next episode, so we'll, we'll have something great then. But at the moment, this is Irfan Manji, and I am joined, as usual, by Paige Culver. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good. How are you?
0: Good. Is this your last official week in France before we, we see you closer to home?
1: This is the next episode I will be back in Toronto.
0: Yeah, so we'll be in the same time zone so we won't have uh, random times that we do our show. I yeah. promise you that.
1: <laughs> so it's a nightmare sometimes like oh wait, it's 6 p.m., it's 9 p.m., no, it's 12. So it'll be a little bit easier to organize that's for sure.
0: For sure. Well, let's get right into it, shall we?
1: Sure so today's episode sees us covering the questions and topics that you the listeners wanted sit back and we we'll get start- we'll get started right after a bit of music
0: Today's Starting Eleven is brought to us by Shenzi Shack. Don't forget to give Chef Sab and Shenzi Shack a follow on Instagram as they bring you cuisines from around the world. They deliver and are available for pickup in the Vancouver area. So let's get right into it. The I think this was something that came up uh, through conversation with a few friends as well as me talking to you off air about this. But the Premier League Hall of Fame was um, was came out and, and I mean there's some names that you go alright you should be on this but there's some names that are missing um, so was there a name that surprised you on this one or like someone that you thought should surprise? have been on it? Yeah, as a
1: surprise no I was pretty like yeah okay okay that makes sense that makes sense um, it, missing Hmm. I guess it depends what era because I mean they have a lot of the 92's on here um who do they have 94 95 your favorite
0: yep Yep. we got some (laughs) we got some we got some names that are that are awesome and i mean
1: who do you think was missing
0: i think paul skulls was missing
1: interesting okay I I can get behind that Mm -hmm. I thought
0: Scolese was missing I thought you know keepers was missing so like Peter Schmeichel or David Seaman they didn't put any keepers on here no and they were very scarce on defenders as well I mean you think of Sol Campbell you think of Rio Ferdinand, Nemanja Vidic, um, Jamie Carragher um, obviously Liverpool there all right I can't believe I'm gonna say this but John Terry is also missing on this list for for obvious reasons Um, but other than that, I don't think I have an issue with Alan Shear or Thierry Henry. I did question the fact that Stevie G and Lampard made this list a little <laughs> bit early. I, like, don't, tell, don't get me wrong. I do think they deserve it. But if you're going to consider those two, then Wayne Rooney's name should be in the fold.
1: Well, I think for those two, because they haven't retired too long ago, I would have waited to put them in there. Yeah, like I would have given it a couple more years, and like you said, maybe throw schools in there or somebody like that. Because, like I said, I mean Roy Keane, David Beckham, Alan Shearer—they're all like the '92 era Cantona. Yeah, but I mean, like Frank Lampard and stuff. I mean, they—it says they retired. Both of them retired twenty fifteen. Yeah, very
0: recent, very recent. Because if you're going recent, then like I said, Wayne Rooney. Why is he not in that mix? Because he's been—he played every position basically. Right. Um, and this is probably a bias, but at the same time, I, I think he has a better career than Frank Lampard and Steve Gerrard did. Uh, but, sure. but I mean, you ask who you ask and they'll probably say the opposite, so. Um, well,
1: and I'm, I am surprised now that you mentioned, it, I didn't even realize they didn't even consider throwing a goalkeeper in there.
0: No, Peter Schmeichel is a massive no. name in there. Schme- uh, yeah,
1: for sure Schmeichel.
0: Um, you can think of, uh, like I said, uh, David Seaman, who was one of the best England keepers second to i think gordon banks in my opinion but you know you have players like that i mean zola is there you can toss him into it uh, robert perez patrick vieira uh i think DJ drug price should get some sort of consideration Look, there's sure. a there's a plethora of names and i understand that it's super early and we are talking about the premier league era which started the 90s anyways um, and it's hard to, to knock maybe four or five of them, but I think it's just those two for me, like, you think do you
1: they're mean- waiting and they'll do it like,
0: well, I'm curious to see how many they're going to come out with every year.
1: Well, cause what did they do? They did, uh, eight,
0: they did eight and they had yeah. a candidate list of 23. Right. So in this one, um, we've missed Tony Adams, who is also a fantastic defender. Right. Um, we have. Andy Cole, Ashley Cole, Les Ferdinand, Robbie Fowler, um, Michael Owen, uh, Matthew Letizier, um, Robin van Persie's on this list, and Ian Wright. So these are like we've mentioned almost everybody right. on this list. So I'm like curious, are they just gonna keep dropping a few names every year, which is great, but I mean, when right? You...
1: So I mean, for next year, I'm curious, would they take the same? Would they consider the same players? Like you can't just say like. Um, so and so is on the the list to be considered, and then the next season or the next year they're not on that list. Like, do they drop all of those players and then make a new list, or could they have the same? Like, you can't just throw away those players and be like, no, nope, we're going to start over. We need a whole new list because half of those players should be probably right. inducted into the Hall of Fame.
0: Right. So I think what they would do is you've minus the eight already from that twenty three, for example, or whatever, or six because right. I don't see I don't see Sheer or, or Thierry Henry on this one um so I guess do they add six more players and then go now we have to choose from the list of this and then try and see
1: right I don't know how because you, you can't just throw out the list like
0: well you 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 talk about the MOB Hall of Fame because that's the one I I remember the most just because yeah. it's always in your face well they have new inductees every year but the same people that have been in that group for a while they're still there <sighs> getting more votes but then after let's say 10 to 15 years i don't remember the number in my head but um they're wiped out and then they can't be considered for the hall of well, Fame. that's
1: what i mean like i you know because like you know peter schmeichel he'll you, make it <laughs> he'll make it at some point but if he's on this list and they just say Mm-mm we're throwing this out, starting over, then he lost his chance to be because he was on this list. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I feel like they'll add. I don't know how it operates. I
0: think they'll add to it um, from what I'm understanding, but I don't think, I don't know, that'd be weird if they've just, you have so many yeah. of your players already on the list and you're like, okay, hey, let me just wipe you out and start fresh. And it's like, hey, who are you going to start with? Phil Jones? No.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Okay. Don't even mention Sorry. his name. Sorry. So,
0: fun little fact, I was watching a, an old FA Cup match between Chelsea and United when Chelsea won the FA Cup. Uh, Mo was still the coach at the time and right. our defense pairing at that time was Phil Jones and Chris Smaller. Ugh. That makes me cringe. And I was like, we're not defending that bad. We're not. But that's the
1: worst defensive pair we've ever
0: had. And no knock to Chris Smalling because I think he's done a great job with Roma yeah, but, but when you're
1: with Phil Jones good luck
0: but Phil Jones was actually doing a, a pretty decent job marking whoever the hell was attacking them but I mean again that was four years ago and and he hasn't really played since but sorry I kind no, of got sidetracked and and realized that <laughs> you know I harp on him all the time but he was supposed to be a better player than he is
1: right right yeah I mean that's that's the story of so many players though you know they have they had potential and <laughs> Yes, didn't quite live up to the potential. So, don't throw Phil Jones on the list, please.
0: Uh, well, the best guy that can block. Do you
1: think anybody was missing from the list from the twenty-three list?
0: Um, I'm just gonna pull that back. Up. I think who didn't I mention? I'm just, I I said Patrick uh, David Siemens not on this list. But I mean, no. when you have Peter Schmeichel, it's kind of hard to right. to do that. But I mean, I, I think I mentioned everyone else that I I was thinking. Uh, I said Zola, who could have been a player on this list that yeah. um like I'm going blank who else was there oh Jamie Carragher's not on the list not not a lot of people give him credit for the career that he had but you know staying one club and staying loyal to one club right. uh, is massive um
1: Rooney's not
0: on the list Wayne's not on the list yeah so. that's massive CR7's not on the list um is is Drogba on this list I
1: don't think but I mean, he, there's, well, oh, mean, yeah, yeah. Ronaldo's still playing. I don't think you can throw him on the list. No. Yet, right? But he also
0: hasn't played in the league for over 10 years.
1: Right. That's true. But I think because his career is still going, they could say, oh, he might come back. Right. Yeah. They can't necessarily rule that. Do I think he'll come back? No, but they can't rule that out yet. So I don't think they can even throw him on the list because the potential is always there.
0: Yeah, so basically to be in the in the Hall of Fame, you need to have an exceptional record on pitch success and show significant contributions since 92. Um, retired, judged to be one of the best in the domestic league, appeared in two 200- hundred matches or more so that's probably why we're not mm. seeing a few names
1: yeah.
0: um and has won maybe a golden boot or a golden glove or been voted player of the season won three sure pre-
1: some sort of
0: yeah won three premier league titles like i'm reading this off of whatever i can find but like yeah there's a lot of players that didn't win three premier league titles um steven Gerrard and he's on this list so yeah, i feel I like
1: winning a premier league title proves that you should be on the hall of fame list like i think you're you could
0: right you know what i mean like right.
1: some players like will never win a premier league title but are some of the best players you will see ever play in the premier well league. phil jones
0: has a premier league title so are you and gonna he tell should me that...
1: not be on the but, list
0: sorry phil jones i i do really like you as a person <laughs> i i don't mean to harp on you I'm but sure i'm just he's a
1: great person <laughs> but
0: do you know what i mean like you have like even stevie g hasn't won a premier league title they were close a few times that they just haven't won
1: so then what's the what's the purpose of having requirements if you don't actually stick to your requirements?
0: I think it's achieved one of the following is what it is. Okay. So you have to okay. you have to have something. Like if they said all of them, then you're looking at maybe ten players that make this list.
1: Okay, okay. So just one of the like kind of big um trophies or awards or playing. Right, or right, or exactly. Like that. Okay.
0: All right. So if you are the voting committee, give me two players that you want to see on this Hall of Fame. Me? Yeah.
1: Um, I would like to see either Vidic or Ferdinand because I'm a big, you know, central defender fan, and I think that was the best era for Man United defenders, in my opinion.
0: Right. I mean, you so could trust Steve Bruce and and Gary Pallister in there you if you could. wanted to.
1: You could, but I think as a pairing, they were yeah. top notch. Right. For so sure. I think one of those two I would like to see, and I would like to see Schmeichel. I'd like to see a goalkeeper in there. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think those would be my. Or, I mean, even Vieira. I think Vieira deserves to be on there. I think there. so,
0: too. Because yeah. he's
1: just a legend, you know. Mm-hmm. Or draw. I'm, I'm going to go. I mean, the whole list should be on there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just induct everybody you can think of.
1: Maybe No, for me, for sure, I would throw Vittich or Ferdinand because I think they had a big impact. And, um, like I said, in the time, they were the best defensive pairing. And mm-hmm. then a goalkeeper. And I would say Schmeichel is the goalkeeper. For, for
0: sure. Yeah, I you? I think I'd agree with you on a goalkeeper. Um, I think it's a little scarce, in my opinion. I think Petr Cech should make this list eventually, yeah, for sure. Um, but I mean, if we're gonna pick somebody, I think Skolzey should be on it next, and mm-hmm. um, I think a goalkeeper, and then obviously they're gonna toss in a defender because they need to. But uh, I'm, I'm quite surprised Skolzey didn't make it over over no offense but to Lampard or, or Stevie G I, I really that really blows my mind but again I guess they looked at it in what well, we already have three United players I don't think we want to add a fourth like I think yeah people is, is a little,
1: that a political thing like is that I feel
0: like it could that? be I feel like they needed representation from Chelsea or else that would have sure. been something or or from Arsenal or I mean, Arsenal already. Has I wouldn't two. have put
1: Frank and, and Gerard in there. I mean, we already said this, too, no. but I wouldn't have put them in there just yet. Like I would have put maybe a player that's been retired a little bit longer.
0: Patrick Vieira. Um, anyone from the Invincibles team could easily so make really, this list
1: for sure. And yeah. so, I mean, they they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if it was necessarily this season or this year, twenty twenty one, maybe you know twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four.
0: But yeah, especially with players that have been retired for over ten years. Like, exactly. look at them first or look at the guys that retired late 90s that have been influential to the game and then right. transition to to being coached like Mark Hughes. Um, a lot of people don't give him enough credit, but he was one of the best number 10s, just never played in that role for United because he always moved around. But right. could he be considered next? Maybe. But I mean, people don't think of him right away.
1: Right. he's not He's not the first player that you think of off the top of your head
0: right how about ml heskey making this list i'd be like i'm for it <laughs> I'm for it that
1: was just, yeah we gotta throw so in there <laughs> uh no but he had
0: a he had a great career but other than that um any any final thoughts on the hall of fame before we move on to our next topic
1: no i think I think it was a decent list, and I mean, for the listeners out there, let us know if you think anybody should have been added or should not be should not have been nominated this year for the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, let us know what your thoughts are,
0: yeah, absolutely. So the next item on our agenda is the World Cup is potentially looking at moving to every two years instead of four um that throws a lot that throws a massive wrench into the euros, the Confederation Cup um the FIFA World Cup for team like club World Cup um are they trying to burn our players out I don't know I read that and I was like "Mm, no I don't think I want that
1: I think that's so many games that's so many because think of all the prep that goes into the World Cup you have these like camps that you you schedule to play, you know, um, friendly matches, like international friendly matches and things like that. If you're playing now every two years, think about how many games you have to schedule just to prep for those. Like you don't Mm -hmm. have that four year time slot to build and build and build. You have half that time to build. So they're going to have to crunch all of these games. I think you're looking at more injuries. I think you're looking at, I don't know what the reasoning is. I I don't know. For me, I think it's a money thing, right? want they think it's better for the fans blah, blah, blah but what makes the world cup special is that it's every 4 years it's not every 2 It's years. like the olympics it's less, they, yeah it's less special if it happens every single year it's like okay not a big deal but you know for me i don't i think it's so stupid to even consider that
0: Well i mean my biggest question ends up being is okay so you've chosen a country to host the world cup um look at qatar they're still not ready No and it's and, and it's, it's a year after the world cup should have been or sorry right? no Sorry, to, year before, sorry.
1: year before. But you have yeah. to consider, like, nobody expected a pandemic to happen. Things like this could happen in the future. And if you're prepping for these now World Cups, Qatar's not even ready, you know, and it's the year before mm-hmm. the World Cup. If we're doing it every two years, you give a country zero prep time. Plus, if there's other events that are going on in the world, let's say natural disasters or pandemics yeah. or whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. There's, there's no possibility that a country could make that happen that quickly.
0: So then do you feel like if we go two years, for example, then you're looking at Europe being the only place that can basically host it because of all the major clubs that play here, Australia, um, parts of, uh, previous countries that have actually hosted the world cup or major events like you probably just end up having to recycle all that and i know players are necessarily fair no and i know confederations like poorer confederation developing country and confederations are complaining about the cost of getting their team there and the cost of staying in the country so how do you subsidize that not not that qatar is going to be any cheaper but if you're doing it every two years you're looking at a lot of financial issues for major confederations
1: well and you also it's not only the men's world cup it's the women's world cup too Agreed. like you're gonna have to change both so that's that's unless you're doing the world cup in the exact same place for the men's and the women's i think it's nearly impossible to to get countries on board with that and like you said it's going to end up having to be in places that have already hosted big tournaments or have the capacity to hold that amount of fans in stadiums like, yeah. i mean in canada we only have a handful of stadiums that would be able to do that and. Even when we do it, we have to kind of work with the U.S. to, like, I think, when are we hosting? We're hosting the women's, I think.
0: We just did, didn't we?
1: Yeah, we just did the women's. I think, oh, they put in a bid for the men's. It's like Canada and the U.S. and Mexico combined. It was like three-country bid. even hasn't been successful. (laughs) No, but even for that, like, it's three countries trying to host one World Cup, you know? And if you're trying to organize that every two years. Oh, good luck.
0: Well, yeah, we have three proper stadiums here canada and that's that's about it and mexico has a bunch and the u.s has like i don't know how they're going to do that between three well, and countries for
1: me like where do you host teams where do you give them practice time mm-hmm. where it, it's not just okay these are where the games are going to be it's like it's it's kind of like the Olympics, you know, you have like an athlete, uh, the village, right? You have like an athlete village, like where are these teams going to go? Yeah. Where, And that's part of them building these facilities is they need to host the teams. They need to give them practice fields that are up to like regulation. Like you just can't throw them on some trashy turf field for them to <laughs> practice. You know, it's, teams are not going to go for that. So I think it's more than just, okay, we have the stadium to host the team. It's mm-hmm all these other factors that are going to play into it. And yeah. at some point people are just going to be like, it's like I said, it's not special anymore. I don't want to travel to wherever to go watch this every two years. I could just watch it on my TV. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I mean, we've, we've seen with the pandemic, you don't need to leave your house to watch a massive game. Exactly. I mean, I've known that for a while because I, I like to sit in a in a blanket and <laughs> not move or anything like that. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, for people that enjoyed traveling, you're looking at it that way. I don't know. I mean, it is a money grab, and I think that's just what sports is. And uh, the Super League comes to mind, right? This earlier, this couple months ago, right? Like it's just, it's about how do you how do you bring in revenue? And I think that's what they're trying to do. And it's like, well, you don't need it because there's so many tournaments happening. Just show them on TV, and I guarantee you'll make the money that
1: you want. Well, I know there's been a lot of problems with the Qatar World Cup in terms of like the country itself. So, do you think that had any effect in them trying to make this decision to go two years?
0: Interesting. I I didn't think of it that way. I mean, I I don't think the World Cup should have been in Qatar after we found out. After we found out the the way they were treating, I I would say all the all the workers, all the yeah. all the staff, and and like how are they going to treat people coming into the country? So. I think as soon as FIFA finds out about that, that should have been like, "Hey, okay, stop! C's, we're gonna for maybe sure. we'll go to like, let's go to Netherlands or something, play for in the in Dutch in Dutchland, and and see how that goes. Like, switch it into a European country and just cut the costs for sure. if you can. For sure. like try and try and subsidize that. But again, we're, playing in Europe is a whole different beast and and more expensive. But Europe is connected so well that tourism would improve significantly, anyways. So. I don't know. I think FIFA should have pulled the plug on Qatar. Um, I agree, but they didn't, and obviously because there's a lot of money tied up into it, and and whether you want to admit it or not, there's black money somewhere. Um,
1: oh, there's it's under the table. I it's mean, going somewhere, and, and
0: and that's just the reality of the situation. Not that we're saying it's you know it's not that's not how the world's going to run, but it's the reality of the situation. I
1: think it's crazy. It I is. I think it's absolutely crazy. But speaking of. World Good Cup stuff. and national yeah. teams. Yeah, um, Canada women's side just announced. Oh, Canada men's side too actually just announced their rosters. For Canada women's, it's for an upcoming camp. And then for the men's, it's for the Tokyo Olympics. So they they announced their full roster for the Olympics. And the women's just did theirs um, for a camp. And I think they're going to cut it down to 18. Women's team? It, they can only, yeah, the women's team can only bring 18 to really yeah or to the Olympics
0: that's thin isn't it
1: I'm yeah I'm pretty sure I'll double check but I'm pretty sure it's only 18 and I think they brought in 23 for camp
0: yeah the one I have is on the Canadian website I think you're right yeah
1: but and I know the men's the men announced their roster as well but looking at the Canada roster do you think anybody's missing on the women's side who should have been there
0: I mean, I, I told you this off air. I thought Dinah Matheson would would make a comeback. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, she is not ready to go. Um, I'm actually okay with it because I'm looking at this roster, and it's a it's a very nice blend of European talent, University talent, and NWSL talent. I think what I've really appreciated with the women's game so far is that we have players playing around the world, um, and they're getting noticed. Yeah. The Team Canada notice page. Just saying. Um, <laughs>
1: This like, season, after next season.
0: <laughs> but you, but you look at you look at how these players are saying we're not getting enough playing time. Bye, we're gonna go play. Um, I, I look at Vanessa Giles for example, who's at Bordeaux, um, and what a year she's having. She wears a mm-hmm. captain's armband when she starts. She is a leader, um, huge huge for Canada. And then I'm looking over um, as a fullback, and and you know we talk about the the thin fullback. Options that we have around the world. I mean, I think Lucy Bronze, and the, and then you go, okay, who else is up to that level? But Gabriel Carl, I think, will be Gabriel Carl. Sorry, will be a great future, and she's at the mm-hmm. University of Florida. So, um, I don't know. I'm 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 very excited to see how they bring that blend in European and and I think North American. But there's so many great players, and I and I really want to see Janine Becky get more playing time. Jordan heinemann yeah. getting more playing time. Heidemann played yesterday in that PSG Leon game she looked really good when she was out there so this is positivity for Canada and obviously Captain Canada and Christine Sinclair who's going to be there and there's no doubt about it of course was there someone else that someone that you thought was missing on this list? because I know you follow this team closer than I do
1: yeah I mean I think we needed to bring in more midfielders if you look at the list there's a lot of defensive players and a lot of defensive midfielders I don't think we have enough attacking midfielders Or I think that's kind of the problem in general with Canada is just there's not a a lot of super dynamic, other than Sinclair and and Sinclair's, you know, kind of not on her way out, but on her way out. And I think we need more up and coming attacking players. Um, I'm happy to see... uh, like Sarah Stratt's in there. I think they might be, I think they're missing from, in my opinion, um, Victoria Pickett. She she got called in as a replacement into the first camp they had before the, uh, I think it was the Wales and England uh, yep. tur- tournament or friendly matches. Um, And she's been playing really well. If you follow that in WSL, she's playing for... Um,
0: Kansas City.
1: Kansas City, yeah. And Listro's there as well. But I think... She's a much more dynamic midfielder and I would like to see her thrown in there as well and, and just give her the opportunity. It's nice to see that Bianca St. George is back because she couldn't make the last camp because she was injured. Uh-huh. Um, so, and she's like, she's just a pit bull. So I think she would be um, really good in, in the defensive, in the, as a fullback there. So I'm excited to see her back in there. Um, they didn't pick Riley uh, Foster this time as a goalkeeper because um, Sabrina D'Angelo is healthy again. Um, So that's a little bit unfortunate for her. I know, I'm sure she's, you know, happy to see that um, Sabrina D'Angelo is back in there. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, I think it's going to be a hard squad for, um, you know, them to cut down to 18.
0: For sure. And and like you said, I think the midfield's thin. I didn't even notice it because I was already looking at the fact that we have so many strikers that are fantastic. Do we right. do we expect Canada this year to be a little bit more fluid, try new things? Um, try and not just get the ball to Sinclair in the box and just, you know, maybe try something out wide or, or take some like, you know what, take risks because I think at the Olympics you you gotta take it because the, when the World Cup comes up, you do not want to keep losing to the states.
1: And that's the thing. I mean, I think, I think they're trying to bring more players in. I don't think they're doing enough of that. Like you do see some new faces in, in the last few camps, which is nice. I mean, Bev Priestman, I think she's trying to bring in some more players. Um, I was talking about this um, with the girls on the female footy forum. Um, We were, I was on their podcast chatting with them a little while ago. And we kind of had mentioned this too, is it would be nice to see them do a camp in Europe for all the Canadian players. There's so many Canadian players playing in Europe. Do a Europe camp, just bring those girls in, have a look and pick and choose. Cause you never know. And, and I said this before, just give someone an opportunity and they'll show up. Like they, right. you might see some of these players that you just don't see them on TV because maybe their leaks are not put on TV or you know maybe Canada Soccer's mm-hmm. not following them closely enough and throw them all in a camp and compare them directly like compare all these Canadian players directly, and then do a North American camp, and compare all those players directly, and then bring them together, and and you know just give some some new players some opportunities. Yeah,
0: like you'll see you'll see like a, a very different playing style and different mentality. It's like, wait, this is this is our identity. Here are the players that form into this identity. And like you mentioned, Riley Foster, who who plays for Liverpool now, mm-hmm. um, like giving her an opportunity at 22 to to, to maybe play. Uh, and instead of getting, you know, LeBay that chance anymore or McLeod that chance. Not right. that they're they're their poor choices or or bad choices to have on the team because they're great. But at what point do you finally decide to emerge with younger right. talents and, and do what the the, the American national team always done is always find so many good young players right. and obviously their system's different, but you keep the Rapinos and, and Morgans of the world, but you still have all these wonderful players right. that can come
1: in. And I think we're starting to do it. I think Bev is trying to change. Like I said, you see some, some new faces in there. That's so nice to see that, you know, girls are getting opportunities and just being brought to camp to show what they can do. So I, I do respect that. Like Chloe Lapass, she's in Spain playing and she's 27 from Sudbury and this is her first or second call into a national camp. So it's, it's players like that, you know, she's blowing it up in her league and yeah. And now she gets the call and that's awesome. And she's not, you know, 16 years old or 17 years old. So that makes me happy too, that they're not just looking at that super young generation. They're, they're keeping it open to, you know what, you're doing great. You might be 30 years old, but if you can show up and you can play, then do it.
0: Yeah. Uh, LaCasse is 27 playing for Benfica. Just Benfica that. Yeah. yeah. But you know, still in Europe, still not playing close to home and still finding a way to thrive. If you're the Canadian coach for the World Cup, I mean, sorry, for the Olympics, the Olympics. We talking, sorry. Um, who's starting alongside Kadisha Buchanan?
1: That's tough because uh, Giles oh. and Zadorsky both had great seasons. That's what I'm saying. I I'm would excited. almost, I would almost, nobody come at me. I would almost start them. Because you we know what? That's not a bad Indiana idea. No, Buchanan hasn't been, unfortunately. I don't know if it's due to COVID or maybe her team didn't release her. She hasn't been at camp. And I think that really gave um Vanessa an opportunity to step up and perform. And she did, she's done really well and she's having a great season. And same with Zidorski at Tottenham. She's been, she was what, player of the year for for Tottenham? She was defensive player of the year. She was she's been captaining the team. Mm-hmm. So I would almost, you know, see what the you have to see what the dynamic is like the center backs need to have a really good relationship, but I was, I would almost start those two. I think they've been fantastic. I don't think Buchanan's had, obviously she's, you know, one of the best players in Canada, but I don't think she's had that great of a season. And I don't Mm -hmm. think Leon has had that great of a season. Whereas these two players have had great seasons. So why not, you know, put them in while they're hot, right?
0: agreed no I was I was just curious I mean obviously Buchanan is going to make the list because I for sure. you her compare her to, and- but if you compare her she is the best defender we have just yeah. just unfortunately hasn't had a great year and and has to carry so much of that workload in the in the defense for Lyon um I feel like how much is that wear and tear going to to affect her at the Olympics right. to hey you know what that's not a bad decision maybe give Giles and Zdorsky a shot maybe
1: yeah how they (laughs) play you have two
0: leaders like don't get me wrong those are two potential captains that know how to lead a back line they're going to be vocal and I think that's what Canada needs is they need to talk out there because there's sometimes it gets quiet and all you hear is Diana Matheson at the time yelling and you're like right so we're actually on the pitch right so I think the more dialogue the more important that we're going to get for sure so
1: I'd be interested to see I mean I don't know if we could play three at the back, but if you want all of them on the field, throw them, throw all three of those center backs in the back, and just see what happens. Well,
0: actually, that's not a bad idea either. I think Alicia Chapman and Ashley Lawrence can handle the width
1: for sure. I think and those they really players have can. so much speed and endurance, and you see them up and down all the games. They're good Our ball point.
0: winners, and they're yeah. such good ball winners
1: yeah they just win tackles that yeah. you know they're they're gritty they're they're gonna get into battle so i mean it's not a bad idea You have some of the, three of the best center backs for canada you may as well put them on the field right
0: yeah it'd be yeah and then you have you have um sorry i'm going blank here you have giles playing in the middle and then the other two yeah. can just be talking and what sure. they do um does jesse Fleming start for canada I'm asking you as if you're the coach here, so get ready.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would say yes. I think, I think, you know, she hasn't played much this season, but when we watch her play, she plays for the national team. She starts for the national team and I think she's been good in the national team. Like just because she's not starting for her club team for, she plays for Chelsea just because she's not starting and seeing a lot of game time doesn't mean she's not growing and learning there. You know, we don't see her in training and doesn't mean that, I mean that team is loaded you know yeah. So I understand why she might be on the bench pushing for positions but I think she's been super dynamic in I don't know if you watch the the game against Wales and the game against England but she's pretty dynamic in there she's running the ball she's moving around she covers a lot of ground
0: yeah she reminds like, me a little bit of too. she reminds me a little bit of Rose Lavelle who is mm-hmm. has a good head on her shoulders understands the game very well um but I think the only difference is Jesse just hasn't played much for Chelsea because when you're playing for one of the best clubs in the world, it's a little tough to, to, to get playing time. But I think for Canada, she'll be there. Uh, Sophie Smith, I think, will get that start as well just because of what she has done for Canada. I think, I think a lot of these players are going to play because of what they've done for Canada. And then I think sure. it, it just depends on how, how much of the youngsters you're willing to bring in and allow them to grow.
1: But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they end up doing. And I think the midfield is where we're gonna win and lose games
0: for sure. Um, so- unless we go back five, and I think I think our mid, I think our midfield will be controlled a little bit better. But um, that's just a lot of players on the defensive end when when we need to score.
1: Right. So looking forward to the Olympics. I know we're in Group E. If yep. doesn't know? We play Japan, uh, Britain, and Chile. No, did I get that right?
0: I'm also yeah, trying Japan, to pull.
1: No. Japan, Britain, and I think Chile.
0: That Japan test is going to be interesting. I think Great Britain is yeah, going to be a very... This?
1: Do you see I, us getting out of that that group stage?
0: I'm a little worried now, just because I think Chile will be the game that we have to win, right? Um, but when you think about I, Japan and how good they are, that's going to be something to be careful of. And obviously, Great Britain has so many English players on that team. You're going to see Lucy Bronsby playing. So, I mean... Like one player might not make a difference, but I think those are going to be two very good tests. Um, and it's going to be difficult. I think, I think the way the coaching staff has to pick their team is how do we nullify all three teams? I think that's, what's going to happen right. is I think the goal should be, let's get out of the group stage and then see what happens after that, because knockouts, anything can happen, but let's get out of the group. Um, right. I
1: think that's the most important is getting out of that group because I mean, we start against Japan. Japan's our first game, so... Japan's
0: a little slower. So do we go with a faster... Do we bring in a bit more youth and, and a bit more energy? And then when we play Great Britain, we have a compact sort of approach where we shut them down. And and yeah. I think if you can take a, a point out of Great Britain and a point out of Japan and win your Chile game, you're looking at five, five points.
1: So our opening game is against the home country. How does that...
0: Tune everybody out. I don't know. I, I mean for you how, how do you think
1: we we attack that that's you've got momentum when you're you're playing at home it's an it's an olympic or a world cup like
0: pace we we just have to be like just zone it out drown out the sound um wear your headphones up until starting uh until kickoff so you have like music in your head and you're you're thinking about something else and just go at it you got to uh, the first 15 minutes is going to be crucial for Canada. And then as the game settles in, it's just making sure their pace is a little bit better than, better than Japan's.
1: But Right. I agree. It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm super excited. The first game is on July 21st against Japan for anybody who what wants to watch.
0: What time is that for us? We should do a, a live.
1: We should. Maybe we'll do that. I don't have the time on here, but... Um... Yeah, it just says the 20, July 21st is um, Japan, Canada. And then mm. we play the 24th against Chile and then the England on the 27th.
0: Yeah, so there you go. If you can get four points out of your first two games, you go into that Great Britain game on a high. So try and get points off of Japan. We can't lose, unfortunately. Um, but like I said, get to the knockout. And anything can happen. You win, you lose. I don't think I'm bothered, but this is a tough, tough group.
1: It's going to be hard. It's going to be, I mean, and you never know. I mean, Chile might come out and, and be a different team than, than we've seen them be. But I would, I would think it's, you know, going to be a tight race, Japan, Canada, and uh, the UK or in England. But
0: Okay, so question. If we get out of our group stage, uh, do we medal this year? Do we have a team that's good enough to medal? we have, we have two straight bronze medals i mean that's right. that, that's something but does it continue when i mean great britain's gotten better um, the us it's going to be us. difficult
1: yeah i mean if you look at some of the other groups i mean i think brazil's going to be brazil's a new team you know they've got um her name escapes me the new coach this Swedish, the one who is coaching in the US and she's done a fantastic job. I don't think they were at their full when we played them uh recently. Mm-hmm. Um I think they're going to be a, a tough team. I think the I Dutch. think Australia might be a really tough team. The yeah. Dutch are gonna, I mean Martins has been on fire. Yeah. Um France is going to be a really good team as well. Yeah. I think it's going to be a tough year. I think it's going to be really tough and I think it's going to be a matter of who's Who's healthy and because you're playing quite a few games in a small amount of time, so I think it's going to come mm-hmm. down to who's got the legs, yeah, um, to handle that much. And because it's been difficult with COVID, and you might be dealing with some of that with players and things like that. So um, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a tough year. It's for women's mm-hmm. women's soccer has grown a lot this year, and it I'm has it isn't clear cut
0: winner. So who wins the um, who wins gold? Who wins gold? I, I will ask you this. We'll do our early prediction right now.
1: Sure. Um, i'm gonna say i don't want to say it i'm gonna say the u.s okay the u.s or i think england could do it this the great year. britain
0: team yeah yeah because yeah. they so. are
1: really good if you saw their um they picked their team for the tokyo olympics they announced my
0: word are they gonna be fantastic just saying um canada that might be canada's toughest test i say i was saying japan earlier but i think gb might be that that difficult
1: yeah, I agree. I think. I mean, they've got bronze. They've got not bronze. They've got Lucy bronze, not the bronze medal. But, um, and she's
0: had a phenomenal year, so yep. I think it's going to be difficult. Yeah. Um. Hey. Well, we'll take a look. Kickoff starts. When it does, we'll watch it out. Um. I mean, your safe pick is the U.S. Your yeah. sexy picks are Great Britain. I think. <laughs> I think. There we go. I think the Dutch are going to yeah, be a four Dutch? if they can score. If they can get past any good defensive team, they have two great strikers. Yeah. I can see that happening because you need one goal. And if that one goal comes from wherever they are, and I think their coach's last major tournament as well before she goes over to England. So yeah. it might be a great send off, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah,
1: we'll see how it goes. All right. So today's starting 11 is brought to us by Shenzi Shack. Don't forget to give Shenzi Shack and Chef Sab a follow on Instagram as they bring you cuisines from around the world. They deliver and are available for pickup in the Vancouver area. We will catch you after
0: this quick break. Hey guys, it's producer Jake here from Betting House, the Garage Door Sports Network's ultimate degenerate gambling podcast. Catch our episodes weekly on Apple, Spotify, and Google as we bring you banter, laughter, and of course, picks for all sorts of games throughout the week. Give us a follow on our socials at Betting House Pod where you can catch all our bets each week as well as some bonus content. Remember to always gamble responsibly. Let's get rich. Come join me, Kelton Forrest, on the the on-the-mic college basketball podcast powered by the Garage Door Sports Network, where we talk everything from my disdain for Duke basketball to my love for Kentucky and John Calipari, and everything in between. Check us out under the Shows tab at garagedoorsports.com and listen wherever you get your podcasts.
1: What up, guys? It's your host, Nick McVicker. And if you are looking for a weekly sports podcast to fill your sports needs, you've
0: come to the right place. Garage Door Sports, hosted by myself, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji, brings you all the up-to-date news, notes, and opinions on everything in the sporting world. If you like good conversation, good friends, and a lot of jokes being thrown around, you've come to the right place. Don't forget to check us out on all your favorite streaming sites and we will make sure we bring you content every Saturday right here on Garage Door Sports. We are back from our break. Um, So we haven't done this segment in quite some time for the early listeners. uh, They know that we used to debut the Off the Bench segment. I'd like to bring it back because there's been a a couple of stories and as well, um, a couple of stories that have caused the end of the season and a couple of changes and some surprises here and there so with that we want to follow that five substitution rule all over again so here are the five major stories from the past week or so the first one both Manchester clubs lost in a the Champions League and the Europa League final City were unable to score and really break down a hard working Chelsea side and Thomas Tuchel finally won the Champions League trophy after coming very close last season this would be Chelsea's second Champions League title. Uh, second out of three finals. Pretty good numbers, I would say. And on the other side of Manchester, the red side, Manchester United lost in the penalties uh, to Villarreal 11-10. I mean, you can't really fault anyone there, but this is the first time that OGS has gotten over the semifinal hump, but the English outfit could not win this final. United Emery now has four Europa League trophies, and this is his first major trophy with Villarreal.
1: Our next one is our coaching carousel continues as Antonio Conte, Zedvin Zidane and Andre Pirlo have parted ways with their respective clubs. Inter have spoken about offloading major players to decrease expenses and that wasn't the ambition of Conte. Real Madrid's former boss Zidane has now left the Spanish outfit twice in the span of the last three years. Andre Pirlo underwhelmed in his first year in charge of Juventus who unfortunately did not retain their Serie A title. This broke a streak of nine consecutive titles. The Italian Giants will turn to a former face in Massimo Allegri. Um, Other coaching rumors including Pochettino being linked back to his former side Tottenham and Zidane could be heading to Paris. All right and GK all right excuse me if I pronounce his name wrong. Um, <laughs> John Luigi Donnarumma is leaving AC Milan after the Italians, <laughs> Italian side, he's giving me the thumbs up. <laughs> the Italian side confirmed his departure midweek. Donnarumma will be a free transfer to any club in his choosing. Um, and Milan found their replacement for former Lille keeper, Mike, I'm going to say this wrong again. Magnin. <laughs> <Magnin>. Awesome. <laughs>
0: Big-name free agents are heading to Barcelona. So far, Aguero, Wijnaldum, and Garcia have been confirmed by Fabrizio Romano. The Catalan Giants are in the mix for Leon's Memphis Depay. So we'll see where that goes. As well, after being told he was too old and a surplus for Barcelona, Luis Suarez wins the La Liga with Alain Madrid in his first season. So the fact that they went old and brought another old player, we'll see where Barcelona is headed. But... That wraps ourselves. up that wraps up the five major storylines from the past week or so,
1: yeah, that does it today. So any final thoughts before we head off?
0: Yeah, I got one the The Copa America is headed from Argentina because of a pandemic outburst in Argentina to Brazil, so we'll see how that transition happens within the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a seamless transition, and I think this was a backup plan to begin with, and Probably. Brazil has brazil has the the stadiums ready since the world cup um when they hosted so i'm cool with that yourself yeah final thoughts yeah
1: no um just keep stay safe i know the pandemic's getting the best of everybody but is is going from argentina to spain or to brazil really that much better at this point in terms of COVID?
0: i don't think so i think brazil's had high numbers ever since the start of it so i'm kind of confused that they did that and then i get them
1: having a backup plan I understand that. I'm just when I read that it was moved to Brazil.
0: I was, mm-hmm. Yeah, but when you're talking about, I think uh, stadiums ready to go without a lot of work being put yeah. in them. I think that's why they went to Brazil. And Brazil might have calmed down, and Argentina spiked up, and that's yeah. Fun. I know Argentina has been
1: really bad. Was-
0: um, but I mean, Chile could have hosted. Year ago, I could have hosted. Peru could have yeah. hosted because, but I mean, Peru with the altitude, I don't think they wanted to do no, that. No, that's
1: not fair. You can't take teams to that if they haven't trained or practiced yeah. for that. So because so, that's a nightmare. Yeah,
0: I'd be worried, but I think Brazil's. Calm down, as I quote it. I don't think they're out of the water, but I think they'll be better positioned to host. That's probably right. what they wanted, anyways. For sure. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Give us a like or leave a rating. You can follow us on Twitter at Touchline Th. Page can be found at Culver underscore Page and myself at on Manji.
1: Don't forget to follow our network at Garage Door Sport and check out GarageDoorSports.com and follow our segment sponsor, Shenzi Shack on Instagram to place an order or to see their menu.
0: Thank you all for listening and we will see you next match day. Cheers.